Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 5 p.m., with church school for all ages at 9 a.m. Please also connect with us online at chapelofthecrossms.org. I hope this sermon enriches your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Jesus said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Johnny Morris is the founder and owner of Bass Pro Shops. And he had a decision to make, a big financial decision to make. Would he build a Bass Pro Shop in the pyramid in Memphis? He knew of the time and financial commitment it would take. And so he wasn't quite sure if he wanted to do it. He wasn't quite sure if he was up for it. He would have to invest half a billion dollars for the project. He said he was on the ragged edge of a decision. The ragged edge of whether to go forward with it or whether to pull back and not do it. So to help his decision, he went fishing. He went fishing on the Mississippi River with two of his friends, one which was Bill Dance. We all know Bill Dance, the famed fisherman who is never seen without his Tennessee volunteers hat on. They went fishing on the Mississippi, and Johnny told them, he said, if we catch a 30-pound catfish, I'll do it. If we catch a 30-pound catfish, I will build a Bass Pro Shop in the Memphis Pyramid. Bill Dance told him, Johnny, I've known you for 35 years. That's the dumbest decision I've ever heard. To really let this come down to a catfish? Nonetheless, nonetheless the bets were on. So the first day, they completely struck out. Nothing. The second day, they struck out until about the end of the day when the sun was going down and the shadows lengthened. And it just happened that they were fishing right under the shadow of the Memphis Pyramid on the Mississippi River when one of their lines, one of their rods, doubled over. And they reeled in a 34-pound catfish. And Johnny said, we're going to do it. We're going to build a bass pro shop in the Memphis Pyramid. And it turns out that it was a great financial decision. 
I love a good fishing story. We all have a good fishing story. I was on my family lake with two of my friends in a boat. We've been fishing all afternoon. We've been catching fish, having a good time. One buddy was using the rod and reel of the other. And he had a fish on the line, and he reaches out to grab the line, and he drops the rod and reel into the water. Immediately, he forgot about that fish. You see him hit his knees in the boat, and he is shoulder deep, reaching down there in the water, trying to grab that rod and reel to no avail. It was lost in the lake. So he said to my other buddy, whose rod and reel it was, he said, Clark, I'm so sorry. I'll pay you back. Clark said, don't worry about it. I've been meaning to get a new one. After the 8 o'clock service, I had a lot of people come up to me telling me their fishing stories, and almost all of them, they weren't about catching a big fish. They were about losing a rod and reel in the water, too. And not just that, but losing their glasses, losing their wallet, because all of these stories ended with them jumping into the water to go get that rod and that reel. We all love a good fishing story, and we have one today. Our gospel lesson is a great fishing story, one that we know well from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus calls his first disciples with a fishing story. We're told in Matthew's Gospel, when he calls James and John, Peter and Andrew, that he calls them from fishing, but they are merely mending their nets on the seashore. That's all we get in Matthew's Gospel. That they're on the seashore, mending their nets, and they follow Jesus. Well, here we have Jesus telling them Telling Peter, cast your net out into the deep waters. And you hear the doubt in Peter's voice. You hear the uncertainty. You hear the questioning. You hear the exhaustion. Lord, we've been at this all night. We've been through this. We've already cast our net there many times to no avail. We are tired. We are tired. We are hungry. We just want to go home. If you've ever been fishing and you have caught nothing, it's not that much fun. But think about catching nothing, and that is your livelihood. You are depending upon the catch. You are depending upon your nets being full of fish to put food on your table. So you hear that disappointment in Peter's voice. Lord, we have been at this all night. We've already cast our nets out there. But Peter does it anyway. He says, Master, if you say so, we will do it. Peter does it anyway. Peter shows up anyway. He casts his net out into the deep, and the nets are so full of fish, they're beginning to break. And then the next thing they do is so radical and ridiculous. They leave it all behind. They leave that life-changing catch behind and they follow Jesus. They don't even stop to clean the fish and eat a few. No, the next thing they do is they become disciples, leaving that catch behind, leaving all that money behind, all that food behind. They stop. They stop what they're doing and they follow Jesus. All because in the midst of their doubt, in the midst of their uncertainty, 
in their exhaustion, in their questioning, they did it anyways. Full of doubt, they did it anyways. Full of doubt, they cast their net in the deep anyways. This is a story about doubt, about discipleship. It's also a story about faith. It reminds me of Thomas. We all know that Easter story. He's not there on the first day of the week when Jesus appears to the disciples. And they come to him. They say, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And he calls her bluff and he says, unless I see him for myself and go one step further and touch the marks of the nails in his hands and put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe you. I'm not going to believe what you are telling me. That next week, Jesus appears and Thomas is there. And Thomas comes to believe in the midst of his doubt, in the midst of his uncertainty and asking questions, could it all be true? Thomas showed up anyway. In the midst of those disciples' doubt, in the midst of their questioning, could it all be true? They cast their net anyway. Karl Barth, the 20th century theologian, said that whenever people enter the sanctuary, whenever people enter the nave, they all have one question on their mind. Is it true? Is it true? I'm sure you have asked yourself before you have entered this building, maybe not today, maybe not next week, but at some point, is it true? Discipleship is not about doubt. Discipleship is about showing up anyway. Discipleship is not about doubt. It is about showing up anyway. Bring your doubts. Bring your questions. Bring your uncertainty. Bring that thought that says, is it all true? And lay it at the foot of the altar. In your doubt, keep showing up. In your uncertainty, keep participating in the Eucharist because God is doing things that you cannot imagine for yourself. If God can use Thomas in his doubt, if God can use Peter, who denied him three times, if God can use those prophets of Israel of old, who said, why me? If God can use Moses, who said, why me? If God can use all of the characters of the Bible that said, why me, God? Why not someone else? We even hear today in our Old Testament of Isaiah and his doubt. Woe is me, I am a sinner. Who am I to be sent by God? We all bring that to church. We all wonder, is it true? Keep questioning. Keep doubting. Keep wondering. That is a part of this Christian life and faith. But in your doubt, in your uncertainty, in your questioning, keep showing up. Keep coming to the Eucharist. Keep casting your net into the deep. Amen.